guys. Welcome to The Paper Fold. Now, I know I sound like a broken record, but I have been covering this industry for a long time. I don't like to think about for how long because then I remember how old I am. It's been a while. I've always loved taking what I see out there to produce meaningful content, but over the past few years, I've realized that other elements of what I do bring me a lot of joy as well. One of them is falling in love with the range early on, and let's be honest, the maker somewhat as well, and then seeing the response when this fabulous new work from this fabulous new voice is introduced to the world. As an example, I remember seeing Emily McDowell at one of her first NSSs. She was sharing a booth with a really talented letter presser, Igloo Press, whom I also adore, but I barely said hello because I was too busy making a complete fool of myself gushing over Emily's cards. I'm talking, picking one up, reading it, laughing, repeating it in a not very funny or smart way, and not just once, but probably over a dozen times. Had my 14-year-old daughter been there with me, she would have gone and hidden somewhere forever. Meanwhile, Emily is so gracious, she just went along with it. But Emily went on to found an entire card category, Empathy Cards, and even go on the Today Show. I can't remember any other maker ever doing that. And now she's settled into an existence where she has almost 400,000 Instagram followers between her accounts hanging on every design she releases. Even though Emily has encountered challenges since debuting, in my mind, every product Emily releases is utterly amazing. Having a front row seat to all this is wonderful and heartwarming, and I consider myself so lucky to call these brilliant creatives my friends. You hear about how teachers are undervalued. Well, I think the people helping us communicate with those we love and maybe having some distance from are freaking heroes. So I've learned that these types of makers who put out work that strikes a court, cultural chord in a way that feels effortless and natural really early in their design careers, they, they don't come along too often. And while 2020 has completely sucked, I did get to have this experience again with my guest today, Janine Kuo of Quotations. You might think sympathy cards don't deserve a second thought. No one likes buying them or having to receive them. But Janine has breathed new life and very authentic breath into this category that is not just refreshing, it's necessary right now. So it's not really shocking that she debuted at the February 2020 National Stationery Show at New York Now in the tiniest booth space imaginable. It wasn't even really a booth. And now she's got a book coming out next fall from Workman, a major, major New York publisher. What's even crazier to me is that she doesn't even have a design background. But rather than listening to me explain all this, I'll let Janine tell you herself right after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. 
Everything is nimbly collage to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, journals, and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chasing Dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from LA to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless Luke's surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl With Knife in hundreds of shops across the US and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl With Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, LA Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. All right. I am in the paper fold with Janine. Janine, welcome to the paper fold. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Thank you so much for being here. I really, I really appreciate it. 
so I was lucky enough to be aware of your range uh, prior to um, NSS this past February, uh, since I had featured you in an emerging designer sponsored post for NSS. But I don't think I got a sense of like how amazing your line really was until I saw the massive crowds around your little space. Um, so before I get into your range, I wanted to ask, how, what is your background and how did you get into stationery? Yeah, um, I've had a bit of an unconventional path to get here. I actually don't have any formal art or design background. Um, I was a business economics major in college, <laughs> <laughs> mostly because it, it seemed practical. And um, I started out doing due diligence on private equity funds, which is pretty much, you know, as, as different a place as you can be from what I do now. Um, and I did that for a few years. And then I left to work at a venture philanthropy nonprofit, um, which helps other nonprofits measure and grow their programs. Um, and I started making, so while I had this whole separate career, I was making greeting cards on the side, really just as a creative outlet, which I think is how a lot of us start um, while I was working in finance. And I, I really never thought it would become a full-time job um, or even a full-time passion really. Um, but it uh, it grew out of a single conversation I had with my friend Amy uh, in 2011. And we were uh, sitting in a coffee shop, just sort of reminiscing about all of these different scrapes and funny situations we'd gotten ourselves in over the years. And we were like, oh, someone really should make cards for all of these. And uh, so I went home and just started doodling some ideas. And, you know, nine years later, here we are. Wow. It seems, and like looking back on it, it must feel like so like serendipitous that you happened to be there that day. You happened to have that conversation. And if it hadn't, if you hadn't, like who knows like where you would be or what you would be doing now. You're currently a letter presser in Brooklyn. Um, where is your equipment and are you still pressing in throughout COVID? Yeah, so um, I print all of my cards by hand one at a time on, on an old printing press. I don't own my own press. Uh, I would love to one day, but it's <laughs> just not feasible right now. Um, but I, I rent time at The Arm, which is okay. a shared letter press studio here in Brooklyn. And yeah, so when the when COVID hit, the studio obviously shut down to the public, and I actually stopped printing for about four months. Okay. And um, part part of that was because the studio was closed for most of it, and part of it was uh, because I decided to go to Boston to quarantine with my boyfriend instead of staying in Brooklyn by myself in the <laughs> height of the pandemic here in the city. Um, so part of that was like a mental decision, which was a hard one to make, but I think at the end of the day, the, the right one for me personally. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, so I stopped printing for a, a long time. Um, I actually kept my online shop open with sort of a notice that I, you know, people were free to purchase, but I didn't know when things were going to ship. And actually it, it um, I was really surprised people 
place orders, you know, through those months that I wasn't printing. And a lot of people sent notes saying, you know, I just want to show my support, but no rush, send this whenever you can safely. So it was um, actually in kind of what felt like a helpless situation, a really nice reminder of why I wanted to get into this industry in the first place, just the kindness and connection that people have. Um, Absolutely. I mean, people were obviously discovering you, um, however, and really connecting with your product and uh, were happy to wait. <laughs> you know, I mean, that that speaks to that speaks to, you know, how connected they already felt to it. And um, and I think it's a real testament to 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 your range. Yeah, I think those notes that people have been sending to me and you know, I've started doing these care packages and I see the messages that people send to each other. That's that's really been a, a highlight uh, of this year in the midst of everything. Oh, wow. Well, uh, please uh, tell me a little bit about your care packages. Yeah, so they're just uh, little packages and I have them themed, but you can kind of pick whichever one, but I kind of have like, for anyone trying to work while the world is on fire is one of them. And they have like some stickers, a mini zine, um, and, and I'll write like a handwritten note and send it directly to the person um, that they want to send it to. So it's been, um, I think, a nice way for people to stay connected, especially this year when we can't, um, we can't all be together in person. And it's been, again, like really touching just to see people um, caring for each other, you know, through all sorts of occasions or just just to check in. Right, right. Well, I'm sure you it must it must give you so many insights for creating your product, like saying, oh, my gosh, I never really would have thought that someone would use this in this situation. But here they are. Uh, so I wanted to go back to NSS. Um, for those of us who haven't seen it, how big was your emerging designer? I mean, it wasn't even a booth, really. Yeah, they had this special uh, section aside for emerging artists of people sort of exhibiting for the first time. Um, and it was, right, like you said, it wasn't a full booth. It was really just a, a panel. I don't really know how to describe it, like an upright <laughs> no. panel right. that you could stand in front of. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like one of the fun things about the show is re about walking any show, uh, but especially NSS is, uh, um, you know, you get to see like where the people are congregating and just get a sense of what's going on in the industry throughout it. So, as I mentioned, every time your booth was like slammed, I think I got to say hi to you like really, really quickly. I just wanted to introduce myself. But I remember a woman turned to me when I was trying to get your attention and she pointed to your planner stickers and was like, I just can't keep these in my store. And she was just like a little <laughs> ad for your rage. And she was like your biggest fan. And that was just sort of the vibe um, around your booth. Um, I can imagine it must have been an amazing experience, um, but I would love to hear now that you've had the benefit of several months, uh, looking back, what are the highlights for you? Yeah, <laughs> it really doesn't feel like it was this year. Um, but it was, like you said, it was a really amazing experience. I was pretty anxious going into it. It was actually my first trade show ever. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's always a bit nerve wracking to put your work out there, especially when for most of us, it's so personal and to sort of stand in front of it and take whatever feedback sort of 
comes your way in person. Um, right. I mean, it is, it's your, it is, it's like putting your children out into the world and people comment about it, like, you know, and which they're going to do, but it's very, it's hard to separate yourself from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that part of it is actually was really valuable just to hear what people had to say about the cards, um, either, you know, like positive feedback or sort of <laughs> ways they thought it, they could improve. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it was really wonderful. I I got to meet a lot of new buyers um, or potential buyers that I I wouldn't have had the chance to otherwise, and probably wouldn't have known about me or quotations otherwise. So that was definitely exciting. Um, I think for me personally, and this is funny because it kind of connects to the anecdote you just shared. One of the unexpected highlights for me was seeing my existing stockists in person. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't really something I had thought about uh, when I decided to do this show, but you know, some of them I'd met but hadn't seen for a long time, and a lot I've never met because we live in different parts of the country. And it was so special to see them in person. It felt, I don't know, strangely like meeting an old friend for the first time. And they were all just so lovely and supportive, and it felt again like such a validation that like. The, these are the people like this is the community that I want to be in so that for me was such a it was such a joy um, yeah yeah no that's beautiful and I think you know when you do any creative product I mean with the magazine like it's very easy to forget that anybody sees it like you get so hung up in the production and the putting it together like you forget that it actually ends up in someone's hands and impacts them and so um, to see that brought to life and to see, you know, these people you corresponded with as like living, breathing people just, you know, um, just brings a whole new dimension to it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel the same way about getting to know the other exhibitors as well. I think that's true for a lot of us. Um, you know, these are a lot of makers that I follow on Instagram <laughs> and um, I love their work, but I never get a chance to meet them in person. And the show was also really wonderful for that. Um, you know, I moved, I'm here in Brooklyn now. I moved here a few years ago from Somerville, uh, which is a much smaller um, community and, and also full of artists and had kind of struggled to find sort of a small business maker artist community here, I think, because right. it's a lot larger. And coming out of NSS, I feel like I made a lot of friends that I now see in person or, you know, we connect online and it's, um, it's nice to have sort of that group of people that, you know, we're cheering each other on or asking each other questions. Um, so that was also something from NSS that I, I'm really grateful true. for. Yeah. I mean, the community is the best and paper people are the best and, you know, not, I mean, I think one of the reasons I've stayed in this industry so long is because really only the nice people stick around and everyone, you know, cheers each other on and sort of has this recognition that like this pie or this table is big enough for everybody. And, uh, we all have something to say and we all have our audience and we can all, you know, nurture and work off of each other. Um, who are your neighbors? Emerging designers had a lot of talent in it. I thought, who, who yeah. are your neighbors? Um, Brittany Page was one, oh. she was sort of, and um, Jean from Little Feet's Opus. And actually I, I talked to both of them. Mm -hmm. um, 
before the show because they had both done emerging artists. Um, and they were so helpful in terms, like Brittany literally sent me her template for her panel um, wow. with all the super. markups. So yeah. And so I think, again, like that's such a mark of, of the community. And, you know, like you, we're so close together. Like there's probably like two or like three feet, maybe like a foot <laughs> sometimes between us. And it could have created this strange atmosphere of competition but it was so genuine, um, you know, like whenever someone got an order, everyone across the aisle would be like, yay, you got an order. <laughs> oh, I and, know, it was so cute, it was, it, was, it was great. Every time I went there, I felt the, I felt the, I mean, like you could feel it, um, but I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was great. I mean, I had, I forget how many of us um, we're, we're in the emerging artist section, but I feel like, especially since a lot of us, it was our first or second time exhibiting, I really felt like a sense of camaraderie with everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when, and when I, when I was lucky enough to be told by Emerald, their plans for the new section, the one thing I said was, please keep the emerging artists, like, please do something like that, because it's so, I just think it's so important to have that these like young brands and the new blood and that, and that uh, feeling at the show was great. Um, so I want to hear all about your upcoming book. Uh, what can you share? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm writing a book tentatively titled Welcome to the Grief Club, um, coming out fall 2021 with Workman Publishing. And um, it will be an illustrated book on grief for adults. <laughs> so it's, I guess you would call it a self-help book, but it's, it's really less about how to grieve, but just about recognizing the experience of what grief can be like, you know, all of the sort of unexpected, strange, hard and funny parts of it. And, um, you know, it's really around the themes of saying, really just, you know, whatever you're feeling or doing to get through this, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I see you and, and you're not alone. And it really comes from my own personal experience. So my partner at the time passed away in 2016. And for me, it was both a really lonely and isolating experience more than I had expected. You know, we were 28 and I was sort of the only person I knew um, in my friend group who had lost a partner. Um, and on the flip side, I also through this experience have found a really wonderful community, um, what I would call my grief club of people who've also loved and lost and they've been a real lifeline for me. So this book is sort of about both of those experiences of recognizing again, how hard it is um, and sort of talking about the parts of grief that I think a lot of us experience, but don't talk about um, and also creating sort of a, a support or a community around this experience. That's, I mean, that's, that's wonderful. I, first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, I'm 51 and I don't, and I don't know anyone who has lost a spouse. So it, I can imagine um, how difficult that was. Um, and I think 
it's wonderful that, you know, you're shedding light on something that is not talked about, that has not really, is not really talked about and recognized. Um, and um, to help people kind of get through it and find their way through it is, you know, incredibly valuable. And, you know, and not to mention, you had you did have your welcome to the grief club card, I believe, when you started at NSS. I mean, this was just wonderfully like prescient. Like the like now, it's even more timely than ever before. So I can imagine that um, the, you know the grief club attention to it has only accelerated uh, since COVID nineteen. Yeah, I um, you know, I started making grief cards. Um, in 2016, um, mm -hmm. sort of as a way to process my own grief and I think tell myself uh, what I thought I needed to hear. You know, so for example, the first grief card I made is a permission to grieve card, which is basically a permission slip uh, to feel all the things and do all the things you need to, you know, like cry or not cry, you know, talk about it or not talk about it. Um, and kind of the idea that there really is no right or wrong way to grieve. Um, mm -hmm. And like you said, last year, um, I released a Welcome to the Grief Club card, which is basically a welcome to anyone who has lost someone, um, an acknowledgement of how hard it is, and kind of a reminder that there are others who get what you're going through, even if all our losses are different. And I released the cards um, you know, hoping that they would resonate with others as well. And what I wasn't expecting was they really opened up actual conversations with people. So, you know, when I was at craft fairs um, and even at NSS, I ended up having conversations with strangers about our most personal experiences and feelings. And um, this year with COVID, I, I feel like I've been having a lot more of those conversations. Um, people reach out to me through Instagram or through my website. Um, and I feel like that to me shows that there's like, like a need for a space for these sorts of conversations, you know, I think especially now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's all the feelings and then there's just having permission to feel them. And, you know, it's like a two-step <laughs> process, but most of them, so many people just get hung up on the, first, you know, I they're not even okay feeling these things, let alone naming them or, you know, talking about it with someone else. So, I mean, it's a wonderful thing and uh, you're helping a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that it's helpful to them. And I like to think of it kind of as this virtual cycle where, you know, I share my personal experiences and it makes them feel less alone and they share back with me and that makes me feel less alone <laughs> in, in my experience. So, um, yeah, I do think that there is value. I think that I personally find a lot of comfort in hearing parts of my own story reflected in others. Um, so I hope that's part of what the cards do for other people. I, 
I think so. I mean, it val it val just seeing them. I think must validate it for them, and um, and maybe it's easier to open up to a maker on the internet, you know, in Instagram that they don't know that well than their mom or their aunt or you know. So, um, having that in- exchange with you is the first step in having the exchanges with others. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there is something to opening up to a a stranger, like you said, versus someone that you know, there's something freeing in that, I think. Um, And I think because the cards, I I think are so obviously personal. um, I think it, at least I hope it makes others feel a bit safer in terms of opening up. It's kind of like, I feel like I went first, you know, <laughs> like, right, like right. I'm, I'm like, I'm struggling and mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. And I, and I'm not sure what I'm doing. And I think it <laughs> makes it easier for people to go like, Oh, me too. Um, right. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. I mean, and also like you are very approachable. The fact that you would write that card, I mean, you're not going to be like a mean person who (laughs) reach out. Like, sorry, I'll text you back when I get done with my next interview. (laughs) You know, like you're very approachable. Like, you know, it's just obvious when you see one of your cards that, you know, this is a compassionate person. (laughs) <laughs> so I when I look through your range, I I really love it so much. I feel like every time I go to your site, I like find a new card that I really like. Whenever you send me a new batch of, of cards like you did a couple of weeks ago, I'm just like, wow. So I can't pick a favorite. Um, what are some of your own personal favorites from your own cards and why? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I mean, I th- I think the ones that still feel closest to my heart are the sympathy cards. Um, they are the most personal. And um, I do try to talk about the experience of grief in a way that I think a lot of uh, sympathy cards don't. Um, you know, there aren't really any platitudes. It's really just an acknowledgement of how hard and complex what they're going through is and a reminder that, you know, whatever they're feeling is valid and that. Um, they have support. Um, I think in my in my new release that came out in August, sort of on a lighter note, my <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one out of that batch is uh, I have a realistic wishes for the year pandemic edition card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, it's like I, I don't know. I call myself a cautious optimist, and I think that card probably <laughs> reflects that. And um, it has sort of like low hanging wishes. Like um, you don't accidentally unmute yourself on a video call or your at home haircut doesn't go totally awry. Um, <laughs> well, you and you, I have to say in your unmute uh, picture, there's, uh, there's a sound of the toilet flushing, you know, there's like yeah. a toilet flushing, <laughs> like you're on a Zoom call and you forgot to mute and you're in the, you know, it's like these very easy wishes that we will all be happy if we can get through them. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. I know one of them was you make, you make a wonderful meal with everything you already have in the pantry. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like, you finally find the perfect mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and I think, um, I think that you can always recognize how terrible a situation is um, and also find humor in it. You know, and it, in fact, I think 
the humor is critical to surviving it. Um, so that's kind of what this card and, and what a lot of my cards try to do. Right, right. Like we, if we, it's not quite so bad if we can all laugh about it briefly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so those are your have you have your favorites changed over time? Like when you started, let's, let's say pre COVID, I'm guessing you had might have had a different favorite. Um, has that changed? Yeah, I mean, I I generally I always say I make cards as I need them, so I think. The cards kind of reflect whatever I'm going through in life at that moment. So I think at the time of release, they're probably the ones that I, I would probably give myself. Um, right, right. That's really interesting. And so you must see your older lines and be like, oh, I remember when I was going through that. <laughs> I remember yeah, that. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You know, like I don't, I've had several failed attempts at keeping a journal and I, I don't keep a journal of it in some ways unintentionally the cards have become this strange chronicle of my life over the last uh, I don't know how many years um but in terms of favorites I mean I have sort of two different I guess styles of cards now um a lot of them are kind of these black and white line drawings that are letterpress printed um but at first when I first started for the first few years all of them had a more sort of standardized design where um, they had a character um, that could be customized for skin color or gender and, you know, a simple phrase like, you made a tiny person or, yay, I'm glad you were born. And I still really love these cards and they're still kind of a signature part of my line. And I think what makes them special is that customers can customize them to reflect what they look like or who they're giving them to, which I think is especially important when it comes to representing people of color or LGBTQ communities so that they have, you know, people have cards that reflect a bit closer what our lives actually look like versus, you know, some cookie cutter life that we see represented in most traditional card aisles. So I think those are always, um, I'll always keep them and and I, I do think they're all, they'll always kind of be my favorites. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I mean, that's huge. And it, and it's um, good for you for seeing that early on. Now I feel like it may be a silver lining of coming out of the summer is that I am seeing, you know, representation matters, diversity matters. I mean, it does seem like um, in, somewhat industry wide, I'm seeing more and more people make, make these efforts. Um, so I, I just want to know, I mean, obviously you have cards, you have a book, but are you working on anything else? What else, what else can I look forward to coming out from you? Um, well, I would say those are the two big things, (laughs) um, writing a book, figuring out how to run a small business in the middle of a pandemic, um, I, you know, I, I do do some custom design and printing projects on the side, but I actually intentionally this year wanted to make sure I gave the book in quotations the time and energy that they deserve. Um, and, you know, I'm also working on, on making more time for myself and spending time with my loved ones, which um, I feel like I've gotten worse at over time, but 
No, that's important. That's very important too. It's very easy to just get a tra- take it from someone who's always worked at home. It's very easy to just you know live your whole life working on answering that email, you know, scheduling that meeting, you know, doing the next thing. It's so important to make time for yourself. And uh, I and I'm I'm really glad you're doing it with Workmen. They've they've been coming out with some great product lately. Um, I love their flow stuff. Um, if you've seen it and, um, my guess is if you're doing a book with them that, um, maybe, uh, maybe there will be, there will be some, some ancillary, uh, product as well. Yeah. I, we haven't really, um, talked about that as much, but they do, they make such beautiful books, which is part of why I'm really excited to partner with them. Um, they also (laughs) make brain quest, which Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved as a kid. <laughs> I think that was probably my main my main selling point um, with them. But it's been it's been such a easy, um, really collaborative process with them so far. And you know, obviously, this is my first book. I, I don't really know how any of this goes. Um, so it's been it's been fun though. It sounds like you're doing it sounds like you're doing everything right <laughs> from my end. I mean I hope so. I mean, was it exciting? Like for me, I my first uh I guess real job well, I mean, yeah, I guess one of my first real jobs in publishing was at HarperCollins. And there was that moment when like you walk into the office and you see all the books and you just like get so excited um that you're there. Did you have that moment at Workman? <laughs> Uh, when- I did. Yeah. I mean, their offices are like that. They're, they were filled with like beautiful books everywhere you look. Um, it still seems a bit surreal to me. Um, it's a long process. I mean, we started this last year, so, right, right. you know, it'll be, and it'll be a whole other full year before the book is slated sure. to come out. So, oh yeah. I, I- yeah, I learned that at HarperCollins. Like these bo- these book production schedules are like so long and so far out. And it actually was a reason I got out of uh, book publishing because it was just like by the time the book comes out, like you know, you're on to like four more projects. Not that it's not amazing. I'm just more like I guess I just have a shorter attention span. Yeah, I mean it's you know. Quotations is just me, so I'm I'm also used to designing something, you know, showing it to a few friends, maybe deciding that it's fine, and then releasing it. And so, you know, working on this long schedule with an editor, with a few editors, is definitely a, a change. Um, <laughs> but it's been actually it's it's been nice to have somebody look over the work and push me on on things that I probably wouldn't have myself. Um, so I do think. Um, I, I mean, I think it'll be be a better book because of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not that not that you don't know what you're doing, but you know, they bring a certain perspective to the table. Like, well, we've got a good, we've gotten a good response from this and other public in other uh, books we've done. So let's try it here. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's exciting. I uh, I can't wait to see it. Um, fall twenty one seems like quite a ways off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who knows what will happen between here and there. So, but, you know, whatever it is, we'll meet it when it comes. So, right. 
Exactly. Well, listen, I cannot thank you enough uh, for um, being so gracious and coming by and answering all my questions and um, and letting uh, my listeners see a little bit about your process and uh, your work. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was so lovely to chat with you. Thanks again. Paper peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plants, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you.
Thank you so much, Janine, for coming to the paper fold. I really enjoyed chatting, and I can't thank you enough for opening up about your process and experiences. It is really brave to go first, as you say, and I love that you're empowering people to open up and work through everything dragging us down just now. I've linked quotations in the liner notes. Check out Janine's letterpress cards. Check out her care packages. I know you have someone who would love to get one from you. Finally, thank you so much for listening. As always, email me at sarah at the paper nerd with, dot com with any feedback, questions, or concerns if you're wanting to appear on an episode or if you just have an idea for an episode. And if you are liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave me a good rating and review. I can't tell you how much that helps. Thank you so much, paper peeps. Please stay well. Mm-hmm.